Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage, coming to you from Warradandi country. This is episode 252 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we bring you the first third of our on-trail experience on the Cape to Cape Walk. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. In this series of recordings to follow, we bring you the first third of the Cape to Cape track, starting from our base in Canberra uh, and finishing off at Gracetown. Good evening. It's Tim and Jill Savage. We have just arrived in at Perth and made our way to our hotel. It's 11.20pm and Canberra time that equates to 2.20pm. It's a long trip and we were both pretty tired from a couple of hectic weeks at work. So we've checked in, we've pretty much got our packs ready to go. Um, just the last few minutes, the last few things of final packing to do in the morning after we've had breakfast. For us, this is very much a planes, trains and automobile. So we flew into Perth, we catch a train tomorrow morning down to Bunbury, and then we catch a bus to uh, uh, Dunsborough after that. And that gets us into uh, Dunsborough roughly at around about uh, one o'clock. So, yeah, very much, a, as I said, a planes, trains and automobile experience. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, full flight on the way over. And um, uh, I think just given the time difference and so on, we were pretty tired uh, um, uh, about it. Um, it's been raining here. It's going to rain tomorrow, uh, but I guess we'll spend part of that on uh, transport so uh, that, that might not be such a bad thing for us um, it's looking good further south so fingers crossed um, they're not forecasting rain uh, but who knows uh, weather changes so it's just uh, see see it as it comes okay um it's really weird. I mean, I typically will get up around about 4 to 4.30, depending on what I'm feeling like. Uh, and given that's only a couple of hours away from my my normal routine, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, don't wake me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think uh, definitely looking forward to having a good sleep. Um, and yeah, then we don't have too far a walk to go to the train station in the morning. So that was a, a reason for picking the hotel we did to somewhere close so we didn't have a huge walk to get there. All right, we will head off to bed uh, uh, for a good night's rest.
It's 10 o'clock Perth time on the 31st of March and we've got the second of our travel sections which is the train down to Bunbury as we make our way down to Dunsborough. We've been on the train for around about half an hour um, and we've had a couple of stops just to pick up passengers along the way. Yeah, so um, it's an interesting kind of experience. You get to see a lot more um, as you're going through. It's pretty dry country at the moment, but I guess we're at the end of the, the warm period and about to go into um, a wetter period for this part of the country. And we did actually have rain this morning, so it was actually reasonably steady sort of rain, but um, it seems to have abated for the moment, uh, and it seems to be sitting above where we're heading to, but I'm sure we will still get rain on this trip as well. Okay, uh, on we go. It's 1.09, and we're on the bus, uh, probably around about 10 minutes away from Dunsborough. So... This is the third leg of our planes, trains and automobiles um, and we expect to arrive in Dunsborough fairly shortly where we'll pick up our gas for the trip, um, have some lunch and then head off to the lighthouse. Now apparently it's around about 12 kilometres so not going to be walking that. We will get a taxi out to, uh, um, to the lighthouse and then start our trip from there. It's 2.39 on Friday the 31st of March and we're here at Cape Naturalist getting ready to start our walk. We arrived in Dunsborough probably around about 20 past 1. Uh, uh, the bus pretty much dropped us off across the road from the main outdoor store in town. So we went in and picked up our gas uh, and then uh, had some lunch in the same complex. Uh, ordered a taxi and I think we were lucky with the taxi. The taxis are really busy. So we're starting on a Friday afternoon and apparently that's pretty busy for them. So uh, booking in advance is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, they were quite booked out. So um, uh, as Tim said, we were quite lucky, but we're here now and uh, ready, found the, the trailhead and ready to um, head off. Um, not many people here, a few cars in the car park, but um, uh, I guess there's reasonable spread out uh, they're reasonably spread out, so uh, it doesn't seem uh, very crowded at all. But um, the flies are already uh, starting <laughs> to make me wonder. And yes, I did bring a fly net. <laughs> I, I didn't, <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> and talking to the guy at the outdoor store, he was saying that, uh, yeah, apparently middle of summer you can't open your mouth because those flies are so bad. So I couldn't believe that. All right, we'll just take a few more photos and we're going to head off. It's 7.39 on the 31st of March. We're here at our first camp on the Cape to Cape Walk. And for us, that's the Duckworth campsite. Um, this is a pretty much a natural campsite with this flat uh, uh, bare earth uh, tent pads. Um, there's a toilet here and a couple of tables. So there's a group of 11... Uh, school students that are sleeping in what looks like three-man tents um, uh, us and there's one other couple uh, and I'm not quite sure which way they're heading uh, but they're, they're, they were here when we got here first uh, they were here before we got here uh, and then the school kids turned up after that 
interesting day today. Um, it was cloudy and not too sunny, which was nice. The only animals that we saw was a snake, and we'll need to go through and look up uh, at some of the books to work out what it was. Um, but it was sunning itself on the middle of the path, uh, which is not surprising. Approximately the first four kilometres of this track was Bitchman Path, uh, and uh, up until the main lookout, it was reasonably wide and well-maintained, and then past the lookout, it looks like it doesn't get pruned that often. Uh, there's the, the shrubbery sort of starting to grow over onto the path. Once we par- got past Sugarloaf Rock, which was the first uh, major lookout area, uh, we were pretty much onto natural dirt track. The track itself is very sandy sort of soil, which you'd probably expect in Western Australia. Uh, and in some instances, it was actually quite soft. So there was uh, one uh, part of the track, which was probably only about 600 metres where we walked along the beach. Very sandy, very soft with a bit of slope. So that's, that certainly slowed us down. And getting back up to the top of the cliff line again, uh, meant dealing through or working through some very soft uh, sand that bogged us down and slowed us right down. The group of school kids looked like they actually um, took the management road option um, and you know, we were ahead of them at one point. They met up with us and then we sort of got ahead of them again. So, Yeah, it's been a really nice um, afternoon because it was just an afternoon for us. Um, uh, we started a bit late because of the, uh, the train and the bus trip. Um, we pretty much had every type of terrain today, so that's kind of a... A good indication we got through it so you know anything after that I think is uh, uh, pro- probably uh, going to be doable. Um, uh, Tim didn't mention that there is uh, a, a water tank here so um, w- you know there's plenty of water um, but obviously we're still f- filtering it and we decided to uh, fill up our bladders with water tonight to save the rush in the in the morning i suspect there's a few empty bladders needing topping up um so here we are where um this tent doesn't feel anywhere near big enough i'm not quite sure what's happened since the last time we used it but uh um yeah i mean i guess that's what happens on the first night of a trip anyway I think the thing is that it is quite warm. It's not muggy, but I'd say it's probably about 14, 15, 16 degrees. Um, And it really is very warm compared to what we've had for the last few years. The last time we had these sort of temperatures when we were out at Mudawindji on the New South Wales western border. So, uh, you know, pretty much we're sleeping on top of the sleeping bags because it is so warm. And I don't think it's going to cool down that much tonight. No, um, there's there's a little bit of a breeze. We've got one side of the tent open and a little bit of a breeze is coming in, so we'll see what happens later on. But obviously um, I don't think... I mean, there's uh, there's, there's rain uh, around these parts in WA at the moment. I don't think it'll come this far south, but um, who knows? We started with rain in Perth today and... Anything could happen from here. And looking at the weather map, looking at the forecast, I think we've probably got reasonably good conditions. Uh, normally maximums around about 25, 26 degrees, minimums around about that 14 degrees at night time.
Okay, we are, we are pretty tired. Uh, it's always hard when you get used to a, a different time zone. Uh, and for us, it's you know, normal Canberra time. It's three hours later than it is. So, uh, you know, we, it's gonna, I think we're going to have a good sleep. Okay, talk later. It's 7.18 on 1st of April. We're here at Mount Duxworth Camp and we're pretty much packed up. Uh, all we've got to do is this last recording and uh, just jot down a few facts and figures and then we're heading off for the day. Uh, warm light last night, uh, which is what was expected. I mean, the temperature forecast for this trip is around about 13, 14, 15 degrees at night time, which is reasonably warm. And given the sleeping bags we've got, I opted to bring a much lighter weight sleeping bag. Uh, and Jill's using my sleeping bag, which is uh, still a warm sleeping bag, but it's not as warm as, as hers. It doesn't take up <laughs> as much room in the tent, does it? Or the pack, yeah. Um, Mount Duckworth Camp is uh, a nice little site. It's... Uh, basically treed by melaleucas that are about five metres in height, so there's reasonable protection, uh, reasonable shade if you're here during the daytime. There's two picnic tables, there's a toilet block with a couple of large water tanks, plenty of water. We had around about 13 people here last night in total, uh, so water wasn't an issue. Toilet paper in the toilet was pretty good, uh, it's just one single composting or uh, long drop toilet. Uh, and lots of toilet paper. It's probably enough toilet paper for two or three weeks by the look of it. They obviously come in on a regular basis and top it up. Having said that, though, always bring your own toilet paper because the time you don't is the time that they've run out. Um, the campsites themselves are just flat, sandy sort of pads, so we ended up getting a bit of, uh, or me mainly, getting a bit of uh, soil or, or, or sand into the tent. Um, so it's worthwhile having a, um, a doormat, if you like, even if it's just a pack liner or something like that. And just storing my pack outside last night, I've got a light grey pack and it's starting to get pretty dirty pretty quickly. That's the, the joys of having light coloured packs. Yeah, I've got, um, mine's a kind of a pale coral sort of colour um, and I actually took my pack liner out and rested it on the pack liner so uh, it's still looking pretty good. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a, that's something I generally do, um, but uh, yeah, something to think about. Um yeah, good night. Um, we uh, slept with the uh, one side of the, the tent open, which was kind of nice. And, you know, it was clear and, um, you know, very, very calm, occasional breeze. But it was just a breeze enough to give you a bit of fresh air and, uh, you know, um, still getting used to being in the tent after a little bit of time away from being together in a small space <laughs> so uh, hopefully tonight we'll get a slightly better sleep. I had a good sleep <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, now, issues with this campsite, again, apart from the sand, uh, we noticed there's some crows and some uh, magpies wandering around checking out the picnic tables so I wouldn't walk away from uh, the tents uh, or from the, from the, uh, and leave food out in the open uh, because you're likely to find it's disappeared. Didn't hear any marsupials last night or any bush rats, so whether they're here or not, I don't know, but certainly didn't ha hear anything wandering around. Yeah, it didn't bother us um, at all, so stayed away. And the other thing which is, seems to be known for this campsite is that there are bees around the water tank. So when we got here last night, uh, we just went and grabbed some water to cook dinner uh, and we had to work our way through the bees. And I think as, uh, both Jill and I are allergic to them, which is really good. 
Um, but yeah, they they seem to be used to to hikers. Or not, allergic to the bee stings. Yeah, not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I think you know, they seem to be okay as long as you don't harass them and sort try and sort them. They seem to be wor- happy to work in with you. We, given the large number of people, we opted to uh, top up our water tank, uh, water uh, bladders last night, uh, which was a good move. Aid gets out of the the rush in the morning, but the bees were back again around about six fifteen, even though it wasn't quite light. So they're here pretty much through most of the day. So something to keep in mind. All right, that's us. We've just got one more last thing to do, and then we're going to head off uh, to start for our next day. Good morning, it's 9.51. We've just stopped at the end of a beach walk, which was about two kilometres long, uh, and apparently this is called Smith's Beach, um, but we've just stopped to do a bit of recording, have a snack before we continue on. We've got about 16 kilometres left to go until our campsite today, which is Moses Rocks, um, and tomorrow is actually a slightly shorter day by about two kilometres, so... Uh, two next two days aren't too bad. They'll keep us busy, but uh, they're not too bad. The sand along the beaches is a bit soft. It's hard to actually find a good hard patch to get firm footing. But um, yeah, that's the way it is. We yeah we deal with what we've got to deal with. Yeah, look, um, this is probably a walk not to do if you don't like sand and uh, don't like beach walking because there's a lot of it so far. <laughs> we've only done a day and a bit. Um, so yeah, it, interesting. Um, uh, you can go around, I guess, in, in some uh, cases uh, to to lessen the um, beach walking. But uh, yeah, de- even on uh, some of the cliff tops, you're still in quite deep uh, sand. Okay, that's pretty much us. We'll talk later. It's twenty past two on Saturday, the first of April. And we're just having a break on the side of the road and just to record a podcast. We have roughly about eight and a half kilometres left to go to Moses Rocks, which is our campsite for the night. Uh, and today's been a, a very much a beach day, walking along beaches, uh, walking along sandy roads, which is what we're doing now, which is probably worse than the beaches. Uh, and coming out on and off beaches is pretty much what we've been up to. Yeah, Tim uh, forgot to mention the rock, rock scrambling uh, that we had to do. Uh, so it's been a pretty tough time so far. And, um, yeah, we've got eight and a half k's to go. If we stay on uh, this sandy kind of track, uh, that probably won't be uh, too much of a problem. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a hard walk today. The cloud covers come in, which is good, uh, because the temperature was actually quite warm around about midday. I think it was, the forecast was for 25 degrees, and the, the cloud covers come in, the winds come up, so it's cooled it down a bit, which is nice. Yeah, I'm glad of the cloud cover, um, and we do have a few winds every now and then, so that's pretty good. But um, when the sun's out, um, it feels much hotter than uh, 25 degrees, that's for sure. So um, we're all covered up, uh, head to toe, and... That adds to the fact that uh, we're all a bit warm um, and the flies aren't as bad, but they're not great and there's some bitey flies as well, particularly in this spot where we're sitting. (laughs) Okay, on we go. It's 7.18 on Saturday, the 1st of April, and we're here at 
Moses Rocks, the second campsite on the Cape to Cape Walk, for us at least anyway. We've we got re-arrived at camp just on 5.30. Uh, we've set up a tent, had dinner, uh, had a wash, and we're here in our tent. It's about to go to bed. This tent doesn't have bees around the, the water tank like the last one did, but so what we do have, we think, is a bandicoot uh, that's obviously very used to hikers, really does not care, so I've got a video of it uh, underneath uh, the table where I was sitting, uh, and I was just looking for food. And it has been inspecting the tents as well. So. Yeah, it's been foraging the whole time so that we've been here and very unfazed by people. So, yeah, we expect it to come visiting the tents at night time just to see what it can find. Today we did 22.9 kilometres, um, very hard kilometres. Uh, we had beach walking, which was fine, but a lot of the management road, which we were walking on in some areas, were sandier and softer than the beaches were. So it took us quite a while. We left camp at 7.30 in the morning uh, and arrived at 5.30 in the evening. So basically just on 10 hours of, of hiking all up. Um, it got a bit warm during the day sometimes. I think the tough forecast for today was 27 degrees, which is the same tomorrow. Uh, and when the cloud did come in and we got a bit of breeze, it made it so much more comfortable. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to having a good night's sleep. And Jill just squashed a mosquito that had obviously been sucking on one of us because there's blood all over the tent fly now. Um, so I don't know who that one was, probably me. All right, uh, time to go to bed, uh, and we'll talk to you in the morning. It's day three. We're at uh, Moses Rocks campsite. Uh, it's 7.09 in the morning. We've pretty much packed up. We're just doing social media and then we'll head off. Not a bad little campsite. Uh, again, uh, soil or sandy uh, tent pads. Uh, most of them were flat this time compared to the uh, Duckworth campsites. Uh, and slept fairly well. Yeah, so it's an interesting campsite. It's quite shady um, and... Um, I think, you know, if you're going to camp in some of the uh, secluded parts of the, the site, uh, you probably need to be a little bit shorter and, and uh, be careful of your head otherwise. Isn't that right, Tim? There are lots <laughs> of sort of tree overhangs that in the middle of the night might be a little bit dangerous. But, yeah, quite, quite nice. Um, just a handful of other people uh, here tonight. Um, the noise you can hear in the background is uh, the ocean. So we have this amazing view um, from this point and uh, you can hear the waves crashing. So that's one of the things about this hike. Uh, it is about the ocean and the ocean views. I think out of the hikes we've done so far over the last few years, this is very much about the ocean, more so than, say, um, the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, more so than the Bibbleman, more so than uh, uh, the, the Great Ocean capes. Track, uh, and more so the Three Capes. So it's, uh, you pretty much are hugging the ocean the entire uh, walk so far along this track. Um, we uh, are heading to Ellensbrook campsite today, uh, and that's around about 18.8 kilometres. So we um, that's an easy one today. That's an easy one, yeah, compared to about 22.8 yesterday. Um, 
forecast again is for 27 degrees. I would have preferred about 10 degrees cooler than that, uh, but it's quite nice now, so we'll take advantage of the cooler weather as uh, as we go. And we'll get a slightly earlier start today, so that that's a good thing. Okay, uh, we will head off and talk to you later on. It's 9.47 on day three, April the 2nd. We've just stopped at uh, one of the little car parks uh, that are dotted along the trail where you can get access to the beach just to sit in the shade, have a snack uh, and do some recording. Um, we are heading to Gracetown, which is um, from the start of this morning was around about uh, uh, 11 kilometres all up. Um, so we've still got about 5Ks to go. So that'll get us there in hour and a half, two hours, depending on how what the track's like and how quickly we move. Um, one interesting thing we're not quite sure of is there is a what looks like a large bushfire to the south of Gracetown, and looking at the direction of where it is, it looks pretty much like where we're supposed to be heading. So I think we're going to have to, uh, when we get uh, a decent uh, phone and internet access signal, which is probably going to be Gracetown, we'll need to see what's going on and what impact it's going to have on us. But it does look like it's in the direction we're heading, so we're, we're heading towards it. Um, you can smell smoke in the air at the moment, um, so um, it be interesting to see how it is as we get closer. Yeah, so, um, you know, pretty good track this morning, um, more... Uh, more sand, more beach crossings. <laughs> That's kind of the usual thing on this this trail. Um, the fire we can see in the distance is a little bit of a concern. Um, we're certainly not going to, um, you know, be foolish um, and um, uh, see what's really happening when we get to Gracetown and make a decision then. I think it's going to be one of those things, if, it, if it's as bad as it looks, you know, the trail's likely to be closed. But again, as I said, it could be totally a different area. But really, given that we're, we're walking along a flattish sort of coastline, it's pretty much where we're heading. So we'll see what happens. OK, we'll have our break and continue on. It's the afternoon of April the 2nd, day three of our Cape to Cape trip. And we're here at Gracie's or Gracetown's general store, Gracie's as it's known, having some lunch. Yeah, so um, pretty warm day and a pretty uh, tough walk in and uh, we have decided to uh, end the hike here. Uh, I think the great pie that we had and uh, the drink was all just a bit too much um, in terms of what we thought we were missing, um, but yeah, I really didn't think I could go on, and uh, I guess we'll talk a bit about it in the, the wrap-up part of the uh, podcast, but I uh, just didn't have anything left after three days of, you know, pretty uh, gruelling walking, but also I was feeling uh, a little bit unwell um, and wasn't, be, wasn't able to get up the energy to continue. Okay, we are going to be staying at the Gracetown Caravan Park. Uh, so we're, they're just coming to pick us up and we'll head up there for a day or two's rest. Okay, so this is where we finish off our journey on the Cape to Cape walking track for the moment. We will have a podcast next week just briefly talking about 
uh, our reasons for stopping. Uh, and then we will be revisiting the Cape to Cape walking track later in the year to finish off this amazing little track. That's all for this episode. We'll catch up with you again next week. Bye for now. And bye from me.